everybody, and happy almost Halloween. He's Michael. She's Lori. I'm Dr. Loomis. This isn't Haddonfield, Illinois, and there's no killer on the loose. This is Mikey's report. Drew and Ted. Trooster, how you doing? Is that an iconic tune right there, Ted? That is like the most iconic opening to a horror movie. Either that or The Exorcist. I could go either way, but but you hear that you hear that theme and you just get chills kind of running up and down your spine, don't you? It's weird because the guy who made uh, Halloween, John Carpenter, he was trying to come up with a tune for it and he like had all this elaborate stuff that he was going to use and some guy just played that and he goes, that works, that's perfect. It's one of the first horror movies, I mean, because I came out when I was a kid, like 11, 12, maybe I was right, right. that 12, 13 year old time frame. And it was one of the first movies that genuinely, like legit scared me. Me, me too. I had seen The Exorcist, but but The Exorcist was more makes you think kind of stuff. It, it was there were some scary moments, but like all the way through Halloween, man, like from, from the minute <laughs> from the minute Lori's walking home from school, and you see Michael in the bushes right there, you know, kind of you're like, man, this I don't I don't like the vibe this movie's giving out, and it just got creepier and creepier and creepier. It was, oh man. <laughs> The scary thing was the simplicity of the scenes. Yeah. Like when she's looking out the window and he's just standing there. Yeah. And it's like the way they filmed it and everything, it was it was really cool the way they the way they made that film. How are you doing tonight, Ted Glover? I'm doing pretty good. I how are you guys doing? First of all, happy uh anniversary to you and to you, Chunces. How are you this evening? I'm doing really good. In coordination with the theme we have, I am back with my wonderful <laughs> jokes. Yes. I, we love them. We love them. Are you ready? Yeah. yeah. All right. Why didn't the skeleton play football? Because he had a boner. Tell me he didn't just say that. Why? <laughs> His heart wasn't in it. Now <laughs> <laughs> here's one more. Where is a ghost's favorite spot on a football field? Goal post. I don't know. Oh, Ted, come on. The oh, end the, zone. The goal post, Ted. <laughs> oh, you almost had it. You gotta be quicker than that. <laughs> <laughs> Boo. Oh, my God. We are off and running with episode, what are we at, Ted, 39? It was episode 39 this fine evening, a couple of days before Halloween. Really, Toots is the goal post? That's a great joke. And on that note... What time is it, Drew? <laughs> <laughs> I'm cooler than you are. So why don't you fix your little problems and light this candle? He's right. Light this candle. Yes. Resume the countdown. Yes! Yeah! There we go. All right, I'm cooler than you are. Why don't you fix your little problems and light this candle? He's right. Let's light this candle. He surely is. Light the candle. Yes, Resume the countdown. We can get going now. We got a big show tonight, don't we, Drew, sir? We always have a really big show, though, don't we? We have a really big show tonight. No more bye week. We're going to be playing some football this week, and we're going to have a live show, Ted. Yes, we are. Back to the live stuff. Uh, it'll be Sunday night. It'll be a late one. Hope you join us, but we'll be there. But we're going to talk a little bit of Vikings news. We got our hashtag nobody cares about your fantasy football segment coming up. <laughs> <laughs> We got our world-famous preview. We got trivia. 
We got a whole bunch of stuff coming up. But first, although the Vikings were on a bye this week and they didn't play a game, they still made some news. Over the weekend, they shipped defensive end Stephen Weatherly and a 2023 seventh-round draft pick to the Denver Broncos, also known as Minnesota Vikings West now. I think they've supplanted Seattle for the Denver's 2022 seventh-round draft pick. Freed up about $900,000 in cap space, give or take, the remainder of uh, Weatherly's salary. Drew, did anybody win or lose this trade? I'm still trying to figure out. Did you say Weatherly and a pick? Well, I'm, I'm sure that Rick Spielman uh, stayed up all night fretting over giving up a 2023 seventh-round draft pick. I, I, I don't know. I, I just don't think there's anybody better. I mean, Rick Spielman oh, loves yeah. seventh-round draft picks like ladies of the evening love Here we go. An- antibiotics. Here, I'll tell you what to do. No, 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 man, man, man. I ain't give, you, you, you're going to give it a shot. No, you're going to give it a shot. I ain't giving it a shot. I ain't giving it a shot. i never done this yeah, before. I ain't never done it before either, all right? I ain't starting now. <laughs> it was scary, dude. It scared me. Yeah, I, I think he's just trying to get an extra s- s- pick in the 2022 draft because they swapped 2022 and 2023 seventh-round draft picks. Does this make sense to you at all? No, I thought we would trade them Weatherly. And then we get a pick back. I mean, I don't understand why it's Weatherly and the pick. What is the extra pick for? Why do we have to give them more than just Weatherly? Because nobody else will take them off our hands. I don't I don't know. The details of the trade I'm more concerned with than, than I am with Weatherly. I mean, he could you could find Weatherly anytime. A Weatherly. Yeah. He wasn't really tearing it up here and he was just gonna be a fill in guy anyway. This opens up the door for Patrick Jones. So I'm it happy. Does. I don't understand the trade because of the extra pick, but the trade will make sense. If this is like the first of maybe a couple more moves or one more move, you know, last week on our show, we talked about, do the Vikings need to trade for a cornerback? Now that Patrick Peterson is out for a while, you kind of thought, yes, I was kind of on the fence. I was kind of leaning more towards the no side, but if they do want to make a move, you know, Xavier Howard is a guy um, down in Miami as a guy that's been mentioned, but he's got a pretty hefty cap number. And so this could be part of that. If they're going to do something else, I can see it. If not, like you, I don't get it other than they're just moving Weatherly because they feel it's time for Patrick Jones the second to play. I think this week is going to be a test whether they go get a guy after this game or not. Because if they can deal with Dallas's receiving core, we'll know by the end of the night whether we need to go get another corner. When this show airs, it'll be four days to the trade deadline. The following Monday is, is the NFL trade deadline, either Monday or Tuesday. So, yeah, I, I think the Vikings have one game to decide, basically, look, do we need to make any more moves? So, I, Spielman, Rick Spielman, uh, the GM, could be setting it up to make one more potential move if he has to. Maybe they've got something already planned. Who knows? We'll see. It's a big hole back there without Patrick Peterson. I know he's lost a step, but his leadership's going to be missed back there. But this will be the test this weekend. Yep. So, you mentioned Patrick Jones a second. Yes. He has yet to see the field at all. Shocker. This Shocking. Year. And, and I, I know when we when we did our, our draft previews, we talked about Patrick Jones. I was really excited. I know you were really excited about the kid. What are you expecting from him once he sees the field? Are you going to see him in the rotation a lot? What is his biggest trait that you'll be looking for? And the one thing he has to adjust the most now that he's seeing the field as an NFL player? I don't think they're going to see a whole hell of a lot. Been running the platoon over there with Everson Griffin, right? Yeah, yeah, Griffin and Weatherly for the most part. And Wanham? And Wanham's been in there, yeah. That guy was really, really good at Pitt. 
And we, yeah, we covered him quite a bit. Episode 14 is when we covered the defensive ends in the draft. And uh, we talked quite a bit about Patrick Jones. He's a really good player, and I think he needs some time to get some experience. But the Vikings don't just put people in and let them play for some reason. We don't do that. Yeah, it's weird. I don't really get that at all. I'm anxious to see some of these new guys. Wyatt Davis? Let's get Wyatt Davis in there. Chaz Surratt, I'd like to see him get some snaps as well. Right. Maybe as, as now we're six games into the season, some of these young kids will start playing and, and get that playing time for this rookie class up. We talked about that. It really hadn't been doing well until Christian Derrissaw is finally starting, and he's looking he's looking like a like a pretty good pick. So, Drew Bunning, what did you do over this weekend with no Vikings football? Did you still watch football? Uh, you really want to know what I was doing? I mean, in general terms, yeah. Just general. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. I'm still watching football, enjoying it. Spending time with Toonsis is always fun because she always has really good jokes. And a matter of fact, one of the uh, comments we got in the uh, comment section under the show is somebody's asking about Toonsis having a resume because we have our resumes. Yeah. And I thought that would be a pretty cool idea. I think it would be a good idea. I had a good weekend. How about you? It was pretty good. And and I'll tell you, even though the Vikings didn't play, we, we learned a lot in the NFL this past weekend. What did we learn on the show Well, Dallas is on their bye, but red-hot quarterback Dak Prescott is kind of nursing a sore calf. We're not talking he didn't buy a pet cow, but I like on his leg. <laughs> on his leg. Two belly option on two on two. Ready. <laughs> Baltimore Ravens, they lost at home to the Cincinnati Bengals, who are now, if the if the postseason were to start today, the Cincinnati Bengals would be your number one seed in the AFC. No way. Yes way. I watched that entire game. That's the game I did choose to watch. They rolled Baltimore. Ted. They did. The Los Angeles Chargers were on a bye, but they're still pretty good. Green Bay Packers struggled at home with the Washington football team. If, if the artist formerly known as the Washington Redskins knew how to play football in the red zone, they'd have beat Green Bay by two touchdowns. Four trips. No points. Yeah. And the Arizona Cardinals remain undefeated. And again, if the season were to start today, they would be the number one seed in the NFC. I'll kill you if this is a joke. You know, you get you talked about Cincinnati. And now you mentioned uh, mentioned Arizona. People that we've lost to, the teams we lost to are pretty damn good now. I mean, they're looking like good teams. Yeah, they started out on the road at Cincinnati, on the road at Arizona. Could have won both those games, Ted. Lost to the Bengals in overtime and lost to the Cardinals because Craig Joseph couldn't make a field goal at the buzzer. You know, last week we were looking at the landscape and we talked about that these next games, Dallas, Baltimore, the Chargers, Green Bay, is, is a gauntlet of essentially playoff team. But these teams after this week, other than the Chargers who are on a bye, maybe doesn't look quite as daunting as it did this time last week. What about the boogeyman? There's no such thing. Richard said he was coming after me tonight. And when you take into consideration the fact the Vikings have won three out of four, yeah. Drew Bunning, my question of the week to you is, will the Minnesota Vikings win three of these next four games? 
and get to six and four and get in the thick of the NFC playoff hunt. Because right now, again, if the season, if the postseason were to start today, your Minnesota fighting Zimmers would be the seventh seed and going on the road to face the Arizona Cardinals. How is this all possible? Will they win three, Ted? Three of four? Will, will they win three of four? Mm. Dallas, Baltimore, the Chargers, and Green Bay. Can they win three of those four games? Will they win three of those four games? Before the weekend, I said, because kind of thinking 0-4, oh maybe one. I'm thinking they can win. They could split those four games. I don't think they can win three of them, Ted. I'm just, I don't want to sound like a hater. I would rather sound like I'm drinking that Kool-Aid out of that Jim Jones cup that you got. <laughs> it's a tough haul. I mean, we got what? The Cowboys at home and the, mm -hmm. the one more of those at home? Cowboys and Green Bay are at home. The two games in the middle, Baltimore and the Chargers are both on the road. That might be the two games I picked, the home games. It, that game in Baltimore is going to be tough because they don't match up very well against Lamar Jackson. See, I kind of thought that, but the Cincinnati Bengals are a team very similar to the Vikings in how they approach, how they play the game. I mean, they, they've got a, a, a good quarterback, a really great receiver. The Vikings have that really good running game. Joe Mixon had a good day against the Ravens. If the Vikings do go 3-1, and one, what we thought at the beginning of the season pretty much has flipped the script. And now we're talking about a team that's 6-4. and four. If, if one of those three wins is against Green Bay, not only are they in the thick of the playoff race, they're in the thick of the NFC North to win the NFC North and maybe even get a home playoff game. And oh, the worm has turned. They went. Problem is, can they play flawless football? That is the key to the Vikings. When they play a clean game, they're a damn good team. Yeah. They should be the ones that are 5-1 and one when they play a clean game. But can they get through a game without giving the lead back, making a bad penalty at a bad time, fumbling the football, getting a blocked punt? Can they get through the game without giving it away? They give away a lot. Give it away, give it away, they give it away now, Ted. <laughs> they do. Sure, we are very similar to the Bengals and what I saw yesterday. Yeah. You know what else the Bengals didn't do? They weren't making any mistakes. They had a good game plan. They were mixing up the pass and the run. Baltimore didn't know it was coming at them. And Baltimore was frustrated with them because they had such a good game plan going. And it was, they executed everything really well. And when the Vikings execute and play really well, they are a tough team to beat. But can they do it? Can they do it, Ted? That's been the problem with this team. It has been. That, that consistency is something that has eluded the Vikings, not only this season, but last season and in 2019, especially 2018, the last time they really had a season where they put it all together and played good football from start to finish was 2017. Can they win three on the gauntlet coming up? If they play clean, I think they got a shot. But it's hard for me to say yes to that because they rarely do. That's fair. I, yeah, that's, that's a fair question. You have leads in these games in the fourth quarter and they just evaporate. You're going, why? That's the one key to these next four games is mixing up the play calling and not making crucial mistakes, Ted. Then they'll have a shot. And that's the, that's the thing with, with Clint. You know, when he has to, because the Vikings got to play catch up or whatever, or they, they have to stay with a team score for score like Arizona in, in week two, he calls a good game. It's just when they get into that conservative shell after they get a lead and and then, you know, kind of things start falling apart and they lose their rhythm, they lose their momentum, and, and it just sort of, you can sort of feel it building to this, oh, no, here we go kind of thing. If they can, yeah, I agree, if they can avoid that, like you said, they'd be an awful tough out. If Zimmer knows the conservative thing bites him in the ass, why does he continue with that strategy? He thinks he can get a lead and his defense will hold it. 
I wish he would open it up more. I just I don't know why. Maybe he's afraid that the offense will make a mistake and turn the ball over or, or whatever. But it's not tried and true. It's walking around with your pud in your hand. <laughs> <laughs> Drop your pud. Let's get let's just let it let's open it up a little bit, bruh. I got a question for you that kind of can uh, segue or piggyback off that last question you asked me. Okay. Say everything goes south this next month. I mean, okay. oh, and 4 losing games by 30, whatever. Say we lose all these games and we're 3-7, and seven, season's gone, because we know we're not coming back from 3-7, and yada-da-da-da. And I know it's hard to imagine all that happening as a Viking fan. <laughs> <laughs> Say that happens, Ted. Are there any players on this team, player or players with an S, that you would move for draft picks in the offseason to try to build up your stock for 2022 and make that hellacious run? I'll make this easier. I'll tell you guys who I think are untouchable, and anybody else you can put up on the trade block. On defense, I think you keep Daniil Hunter. I would keep Eric Kendricks at linebacker, and anybody else you want to make me an offer, I'll listen. Okay. On offense, I'm keeping Christian Derrissaw. I'm keeping Brian O'Neill. I'm keeping Justin Jefferson. Do you want to talk to me about anybody else? I'll listen. Yeah, I, I want to talk to you about getting that Ali Udo on my team. <laughs> no Dalvin Cook. You didn't mention him in that little group there. It would take a lot. I mean, it would take a lot of picks. You know, not not a Herschel Walker type deal. But at this point, you're three and seven. Look, you didn't get anywhere with these guys. You got to figure if if the Vikings miss the playoffs, the general consensus is. Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer are gone. You've got a new GM. I mean, personally, I wouldn't want to move Dalvin Cook, but if you give me a make me an offer I can't refuse, then you make me an offer I can't refuse, and I'll take it. But I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. The one thing that's kind of bugged me about this last few years is it feels like they're too sentimental with players, and they keep guys too long and sign them to contracts that are a little bit too big. And, and now you find yourselves with not a lot of wiggle room. If you don't have a good run, you're really putting yourself in position and in a hard spot to, to remain competitive to the point where you almost have to tear it down a lot farther than you would to get back to where you want to go. It's well said. It's well said. I think the whole culture change has to be instead of let's try to get to the – let's work on our season to get to the playoffs. Let's try to win – let's get a bigger scope going bigger goal you I know mean, everybody talks about you know, we can get to eight and nine or nine and eight and be a wild card i mean that's not the outlook you're supposed to have at the beginning of the year when you're a wild card you got to go on the road and it's hard to win games in the nfl at home much less on the road and now when you're talking in a playoff environment it's that much more difficult and you may be able to do it once but winning two or three playoff games in a row on the road just to get to the super bowl man I not a lot of teams can do it. I'm no, there's a certain level of toughness I think the Vikings don't have, Ted Glover. And uh, you see it in the trenches. You see it at, with the line of scrimmage. They often lose the line of scrimmage. But generally as a team, they don't seem very, like, put teams out of their misery. They don't have that killer instinct. They don't. Yeah. I'd like to see the outlook of the Vikings become a little tougher. I would too. And it just seems like they're playing just good enough to give us hope. When, you know, you, you kind of have a pretty good idea at the end of the season, it's going to end like it always does. Be Because, like you said, the one thing with this team, they have the players, they have the personnel, I think, to go head-to-head -head with anybody in this league. I mean, they and they have. I mean, they took the, currently the best team in the AFC to overtime. They currently took the best team in the NFC down to the final play. And yet, it's something not there. 
that these other teams seem to have. Tampa Bay plays tough. They do. You watch Tampa Bay in that game against Chicago, they found a couple glitches in the Chicago scheme, and they grinded their face into the dirt with it. They kept going back to Evans, back to the tight end on the flare route outside. They couldn't cover it. They couldn't stop it. Then they'd give it to Fournette. Then they'd throw a screen. Tom Brady said in the postgame, we're not going to stop. No. We're not going to stop for anything. And that's the attitude. I think that's the attitude I want to have on this team is that we're just going to roll over you, man. And you notice Tampa Bay went, went up 21-3, to I believe it was, at the end of the first quarter. And they didn't, they didn't start running Leonard Fournette and punting the ball. They, they kept their foot on the gas. They went up 35-3, to and they were still throwing, and they were still looking, you know, third and fourth and goal down at the two, up 35-3 to before they kind of took, took their foot off the gas and started kicking field goals. They, that's something the Vikings don't do, and I don't think they will do under Mike Zimmer. They had no mercy for, that, for the None. Bears. None. And I, and I like watching that. I agree. So it's, it's the promised land or, or desolation. <laughs> Who's scarier, Ted? Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees, or Michael Myers? Michael Myers. Oh, there's no, there no hesitation. Dude. Michael sad. Myers. I thought night, the first Nightmare on Elm Street was kind of scary, but those movies are a little, a little bit older. But it was yeah. Halloween. I'm always going to default to Michael Myers because that was like the first, you know, horror movie that just scared the ever-living crap out of me. That part when she's in the closet and the light is going on and off and he's attacking her and she's oh. stabbing him with the hand. That's frightening. That was oh. frightening. Or the kid she's babysitting comes up. Lori, what happened to the boogeyman? I, I, I killed the boogeyman. And he's like, you can't kill the boogeyman. And then he sits up behind her in the closet. Yeah, yeah. Ah! yeah dude. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I saw Alien in the theater. The week uh-huh. came out. My mom told my brother, Take gig to the movies. Take this Disney movie down there. Song of the South or something. My brother gets in the car. We're not going to see that. We're going to Alien. I'm going. He goes, it's a movie like E.T. That's what he told me. <laughs> it's a movie of friendly aliens. Just, uh, that scared me. And then, uh, I don't know, the first Freddy Krueger was a little bit scary. That scene when the girl's on the ceiling and she's getting killed by Freddy Krueger. That's pretty yeah. frightening stuff for the time. Yeah. But we yeah. were early 20s then. We were mature guys, Ted. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we were. <laughs> <laughs> mature. We had all the answers, didn't we? We did. We knew a lot more than we do now, I guess. All right. We still do. We still do. So that'll do it for the Vikings this week. Next, it's uh, hashtag nobody cares about your fantasy football segment. I'll have you know, once again, Vikings report took out the whooping stick, and laid it on the boys from Vikings Uncensored. How's the whooping stick sound? Thank you, sir. May I have another? Thank you, sir. May I have another? Thank you, sir. May I have another? Thank you. Do we have a sound effect for a whooping stick, Tinsus? Yeah, we did. It was a little closer this week, but we're back on our two-game winning streak. And Mike Evans came through for us. Yeah, we are four and three on the year against Vikings Uncensored, guys. For our fantasy football contest here at Vikings Report, Drew once again won. He moves to three wins on the year. Tunces and I are both hot on his heels at two wins apiece. So it's three wins to two wins to two wins. Right now, we're going to put up this week's winners, whoever picked Team Drew. 
Thank you. See your name on the screen. Take a quick screenshot. Send it to your mom. Send it to your dad. Send it to your kids. <laughs> hey, I'm smart. Look at me. Hey, make it, print it out, frame it, put it up on the wall. And here are the season's overall standings. There we go. It's still wide open, though, Ted. After seven weeks, Robert W. Fosworth here. After seven weeks, anybody can win this contest. It's going to go right down to the wire. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. All right. So how this works, if, if you're just joining us, you haven't played yet, you still got plenty of time to, to play. So what Drew Ruby and I do is we pick one quarterback, one running back, two wide receivers, and one tight end every week. Throughout the year, we can only pick that individual player one time. We do not pick any players from the Thursday night game. This week, it's Green Bay at Arizona, which I think is going to be a crackerjack of a ball game. Um, <laughs> real bond burner out in the desert. Because the show airs on Friday, the Thursday night game will have already been played. And if somebody has a, a really huge night, then it could kind of skew, sort of skew the, the, the results for the week before it even gets going. So we don't pick any, any players from the Thursday night game. So what we do is we pick our players, then we have a standard PPR scoring format. The one person between us who has the most points wins for that week. And then whoever has the most victories at the end wins between us three. So what you guys need to do is look at our fantasy football team. Decide who you think is going to win and put in the comments below here on YouTube, not on Facebook. Don't hit us up on Twitter, but right here on our comments on YouTube, tell us who you think is going to win. If you pick the right team, you get a point. Whoever has the most points at the end of the year wins this really cool prize. It's a set of eight framed Minnesota Vikings football cards, some all-time greats in there. You've got, I, I believe, Ahmad Rashad, Chuck Foreman, Waswasser Wonga, um, <laughs> Chris Holvin. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Just some great players, all-time great Viking players. If you're into memorabilia and collecting, uh, it'll be a great addition to your collection. If not, if you've got kids, you're wanting to get them into card collecting, that's a really good thing to get them started with. So anyways. Plus, there's a secret prize. There's a second secret prize. I always forget that. Yeah, we've got two prizes this year. Not one, but two. <laughs> Real quick, let me throw out there. It's been a couple months. I know people might, might have been wondering, what happened to that over-under game? Well, the over-under game is still, it's still happening. We played that during the summer. You got your votes in. The entries ended week one. We'll add up all the stats at the end of the year. We still have that going. So if you entered that, your name's still in the HAPA, and there's still a $100 gift certificate prize for that game, Ted. So that is existing. I don't want people to forget about it. But we have to wait for the season to ending to announce a winner. And Drew's got all those results and tallied up is just kind of how we run our contest. He's got them saved, hermetically sealed jar, buried in his backyard somewhere that nobody knows about except maybe possibly Toonses. So we'll just leave it at that. That's good. Well, this is awkward. <laughs> I don't want to talk about things buried in my backyard. <laughs> All right. So, Drew, since you are uh, last week's winner, why don't you unveil your fantasy football team first this week? I thought you were going to say, because since I'm the best looking one, I go ahead and read it. No, that would be Toonses, and then we would lose by default. Because <laughs> we are a couple of ugly mugs, my man. We are ugly mugs. Here's my ugly mug lineup, and if you pick my team, you're going to win again. How's that for a sales pitch? Wow. My quarterback is Josh Allen from the Bills. My running back is Joe Mixon from the Bengals. My wide receiver is Calvin Ridley from the Falcons. My wide receiver, don't hate me, Vike fans. I had to go CD Lamb. CD Lamb being covered by Waswan Serenga. It's not going to be a good matchup this week. <laughs> and my tight end is Travis Kelsey. So I brought out some more big guns this week. All right. 
Who do you got this week? All right. I've got Justin Herbert. I also have Joe Mixon, Cortland Sutton, and I went the opposite of C.D. Lamb, Justin Jefferson, and I also have Travis Kelsey. Okay. I have, at my quarterback, the GOAT, Tom Brady. Running back, I, I hate to do this, Vikings fans, but I got Ezekiel Elliott as my running back. Wide receiver is, one of them is Tyler Lockett for Seattle. The second wide receiver is Jamar Chase for your Cincinnati Bengals. And my tight end is Kyle of the Unicorn Pitts. That is a formidable lineup. Man, that Jamar Chase is something else, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, and I'm glad he's having a good year after because people were just bagging on him. He dropped all those passes in the preseason. Yeah, it's, nobody's, nobody's laughing now, are they? So we'll put our fantasy teams up on the board, up on the screen. Again, all you need to do is look at those, look at those teams. Tell us in the comments who you think is going to win. If uh, you pick the correct team, you get a point, and then we will tally up the winners at the end of the year for that set of cards and then the mystery prize that has yet to be revealed. Three good lineups this week. We're starting to split the uh, the votes up pretty even now because we're bringing out the big guns to play. So Yeah. You know, with only having to pick a guy one time, it's going to get kind of dicey at the end of the season once, you know, we've picked pretty much all the good guys and good players. And then injuries happen, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Getting dicey. Michael Meyer. I see what you did there, Michael Meyer. <laughs> dicey. All right, so that'll do it for hashtag nobody cares about your fantasy segments. <laughs> and now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for our preview segment. And I'd like to introduce a good friend of ours, Robert W. Farnsworth, to introduce the, this, this weekly preview. Hello, everybody. Robert W. Farnsworth here. This week, the dastardly Dallas Cowboys come to U.S. Bank Stadium to take on our flight in Minnesota Vikings. It's going to be a bond burner of a game on Halloween night. Who's going to get tricked? Who's going to get treated? We will find out. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I need a second. That is tremendous, dude. Hey, I got a question before we start the preview. What's that? Trick or treat, smell my feet, give me something good to eat. Ted, yeah. why? Who started that? What? Smell my feet, oh, give me something oh. good to eat. Why does that become the Halloween thing? Why not? I know, but it's just smell my feet? What the hell does that have to do with begging for candy? What do you care? You get candy. <laughs> Trick or treat, pick my nose. Buy me something. <laughs> Give me some Reese's Cups. I don't know. That sounds better than that. Bought five bags of candy last week. Three of them are gone. <laughs> <laughs> you kids get nothing and you'll like it. <laughs> Smell my feet. Come on, man. Or like, like the Baker Mayfield commercial where he drops nachos and squeezes <laughs> <laughs> the cheese. That's hysterical. That's just hysterical. And one more for Mr. Cowboy. <laughs> commercials. I like those. I, I do too. I like them a lot. All right. Thank you, Robert W. Farnsworth, for that wonderful introduction. So this week, the 5-1 Dallas Cowboys come to town on Halloween night. Vikings are, are fighting for their playoff lives. It's I think it's going to be a really good football game.
as you can see, we've got our NFL Today tribute preview board up. We're going to go through all these categories, starting with the, with the quarterback and ending with intangibles, because I just <laughs> love intangibles. Some sneaky cat also redid the, the board and made it look even cleaner than yeah. it was. Yeah, we still debuted that last week during our bye week when we gave our, our midseason grades. All right, so this week, well, I'll, I'll start it off this week with quarterbacks. You got Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins. You know, those two guys have had similar criticisms about them throughout their career. Both guys put up a lot of stats, but they never really have won anything. Uh, this year, I think both Kirk and Dak are, are doing a very good job of reversing those narratives. I mean, yeah, the Vikings are only three and three, and we could say, oh, they're just like two plays from being five and one or whatever. <laughs> those three losses, well, one of those Cleveland Browns lost like an entire team effort, but those, those first two losses of the year at Cincinnati and at Arizona, Kirk Cousins did pretty much everything he could to get the Vikings over the, over the finish line. I, I don't think you can really fault Kirk on, on those two losses. Dak's got the Cowboys out running five and one. He's completing over 73% of his passes. Kirk's just at 69%. I would normally give this to Kirk. I think Dak is just a smidge better. But I will say, Dak's got a calf he's kind of nursing. We talked about that earlier. And I, I, it, it seems like he's on track to play. Barring a setback, he probably will start. If he doesn't, then Kirk all the way. But I, I think just a slight edge to Dak here. But it's really, really close. Mine, too, is really close after doing all the research. Dak is going to play. Everything's pointing toward the – I don't think he's – there's no way he's going to miss this game unless something freakish happens this week. But it is Halloween week, so anything can happen. Yeah. Both of them are having really, really solid years. Prescott, 1,800 yards, 16 TDs, and only four picks. Cousins, 1,769 yards, 13 touchdowns, and only two interceptions. So they got 29 touchdowns between them. It's really, really close for me. I actually went the smidge on the other side, and I'm going to give my check mark to Kirk Cousins because he has an opportunity to do something else. Prime time, beat a good team. A five-in-one team, prime time, it's another hurdle he can jump over with this game. And I'm putting my trust in him. I didn't put my trust in him last week, and I got burned by it. And I think this week, this week, Ted, Kirk Cousins will be the almond joy, and Dak Prescott will be the mounds. You know the difference. Almond joy's got nuts and mounds don't. <laughs> Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. So I think... <laughs> That all kind of goes together. One's got nuts and one done. I'm giving my slight, slight, slight edge to Kirk Cousins. What about the run game? I'll let you go first on this one. I want to see uh, Wang Chung play this week. I'm excited to maybe get him in there to see what he can do. Yeah. Vikings will probably play him one play on a kickoff, and you won't see him the rest of the night. That's what we do. <laughs> Both teams have very dynamic run games. Both teams use the run to set up the pass. The identities offensively are very similar with, with these teams. Elliott's having a really good bounce back year, and they, they also have a good backup like we do with Madison in uh, Pollard. Very good running back. He's, he's actually outdone Elliott a couple games this season. Very strong running games by both. Dallas is currently second in the NFL in, run, in rushing with 164 yards a game, 5.1 per carry. That is an extremely high average running the football. Cook is at full strength. They're still about 40 yards better a game on the ground. 
And so I gave the Cowboys my check mark here, Ted, with the running game. I did too, and barely. And again, for a lot of the reasons you said, I think Dalvin and Madison are, are a phenomenal one two punch. And I, I would love to see Kane Wangwu out on the field and the Vikings set up a package of plays to utilize this kid's unbelievable speed. I truly think he can be a difference maker the second half of the year. But until I can see him in action and play, again, just not by much, but it's hard to say that the Vikings are better when the Cowboys are averaging 5.1 yards per carry and they are the number one offense in the entire NFL. Again, not by much, but just barely. I give, I give the check to Dallas. Passing game, again, it's, it's really close. I think just like the Vikings, the Cowboys have a pair of dynamic receivers in CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper. Where the Vikings have a little bit of advantage is that the third wide receiver, K.J. Osborne, has really emerged for the Vikings this year. And I, I don't think that the Cowboys' third wide receiver spot has really done anything to the level of K.J. Osborne. But that's balanced out because Dallas has a pretty good tight end in Dalton Schultz. He's got, uh, let me wrote this down, a bunch of catches, more, <laughs> more than Tyler Conklin. The, the Cowboys have a little bit of an edge at tight end, but I like the Vikings – Jefferson and Thielen and K.J. Osborne just a little bit more. And again, these are really, really well-matched teams. I'm going to give the Vikings an edge in the passing game by just a smidge. Ted, if you're a fan of the wide receiver position, this is the game you're going to want to be tuning in for. Yes, sir. These have four of the top wide receivers in the entire league and no scrubs throwing it to them. Mm -mm. The quarterbacks are capable of putting up I mean, they can make all the throws, Dak and Cousins. So this is going to be, shall we say, a clinic? Going to be a clinic out there, folks. Um, <laughs> they have their big three. Cedric Wilson's the other guy you mentioned. Uh, Cedric probably Wilson. Not, not yeah. as good as K.J. Osborne, but they have a big three like we have a big three. And and you know what? You mentioned Dalton Schultz. He has one more catch than, Amar than Cooper. Yeah, he, he does, has, doesn't he? Yeah, he, he sure does. He has 31 catches, and Amari Cooper has 30. As a matter of fact, Ted, let's throw out this little tidbit. Dallas has targeted the tight end 51 times this season compared to the Vikings who targeted the tight end 33 times. So Dallas yeah. loves to go to that tight end. That's like a safety valve for first down. So the Vikings, the Vikings better be aware of that, how much they like to use the tight end and how much they target them. I still give the slight edge to the receivers to the Vikings. Okay. What about the offensive line? If I'm not mistaken, I think Leal Collins comes back from his suspension mm -hmm. this week. So they got all of their starters back, Ted, and healthy. Collins, badass, the center from Wisconsin. Still don't know how to say his name. We followed him. We tracked him in the draft a couple years ago. Zach Martin, Tyron Smith, and big Connor Williams from Texas. So they're really strong at offensive line. But the Vikings are the Vikings are kind of a work in progress. They're getting better, especially with the addition to Derisaw, getting better by the week, getting better by the week. By this time next year, Derisaw and O'Neal, will be the best bookend tackles in football. Woohoo! Look at that big-time prediction. But right now, Dallas gets the slight edge just because I mentioned the experience of guys playing together. You add up the games the Vikings offensive linemen have played together, I don't think it's a lot. And I think Dallas, those guys have played quite a few games together. Very athletic. It's going to come down to their offensive line and our defensive line, which I'll go over in Jumo, but... Um, the, the, I think get my check mark for the offensive line, Ted. Yeah, Dallas might have one of the best offensive lines in football. They pass block well. They run block well. They're what we we talked about the five point one yards per carry. Dallas gets running the ball. 
their pressure rate on Dak Prescott is only what uh, 15.5% where it's, you know, almost 30% for Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. Oh yeah. man, I did not know that. That's a good yeah. number. Dallas is, is a legit offensive line. I agree with everything you said about the Vikings, but I I've got to give the check. And I, I think it's a fairly big advantage for Dallas in that category. Uh, defensive line. Again, this is really close. You got Demarcus Lawrence, Randy Gregory has, has had a good, had a good year. Lawrence Armstrong, Chauncey Gardner. I think the depth on Dallas might be maybe a little bit better, but I think the Vikings starters have a little bit of an edge. I'm going to give the Vikings defensive line, especially when you talk about Everson Griffin's bounce back year that he's having, Daniil Hunter. But overall, I'm going to give the slight edge to the Vikings here. I, too, am in agreement with that check mark, Ted. I'm going to go ahead and give the check mark to the Vikings. Pothead Gregory is having a good year. How many times has that guy been suspended? Uh, just like two less than, um, Josh Gordon. I don't know. <laughs> Talk about being highly touted coming out of Nebraska. <laughs> you know, he's really seemed to be lost in the weeds these last couple of years. And I'm pretty sure if, if O'Neal blocks him right, he can throw up a smoke screen or two. <laughs> <laughs> We're terrible, dude. He's, he's not a token defensive end. <laughs> Get those nerds! 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 Oh my God! We are as terrible as as Halloween three season of the witch. I think this whole thing is a big joke. I mean, look at that. That was a terrible movie. <laughs> terrible movie. Masks like explosives or whatever. That's stupid, man. That was dumb, man. Uh, the Cowboys' defensive line only has seven sacks of their team eleven. Uh, which isn't a lot of sacks by your defensive linemen, seven of the 11 they have. I like the aggressiveness that the Vikings defensive line played with against the Panthers. They were getting angrier as the game was going on, and I like mm -hmm. that. They're going to need that this week. The D-line, it all comes down to the defensive line this week. They get my check mark. All right, what about the linebackers, Drew? Linebackers, this is a big check mark for Dallas. With the addition of superstar Micah Parsons, who yeah. we did a draft right up on, he is everything that we talked about in those draft write-ups. Amazing player. The speed he has. Team him up with Vander Esch. I mean, they're really strong at linebacker. The Cowboys get my check mark here, Ted, because they're just too athletic and they're too good at tacklers. Micah Parsons is playing at a level Eric Kendricks was last year and the year before. Right. That's a good, that's a really good comparison. And Eric Kendricks, I think he's played better the last couple of weeks, but he's just not playing at the level we expect Eric Hendricks to be playing. Anthony Barr is still working his way back from that year off injury. I thought he looked better in his second game back than he did his first game back, but he still has a ways to go. So yeah, linebackers, I give the give the check mark to Dallas here. In the secondary, Trevon Diggs is lighting up the NFL world. It seems yeah. he has like a pick six every single game. If you want to talk X Factor, that's it right now. But Diggs, Trevon Diggs is like a feast or famine guy. He'll either get a pick six or right. he'll get burned deep for a, a, a huge game. You saw that in the last in the last few moments of that overtime win against the Patriots. He had a pick six, and then the very next play, he gave up a long touchdown. Well, that was it. That was his scouting report at Bama, too. Yeah. With Patrick Peterson out, Cameron Dantzler's playing better. Bashad Breeland has really stepped up his game the last three weeks. Again, it's it's real, real, real close. 
I'm going to give it to the Vikings. I think just, just again, by that much. I mean, it's, it's close because Diggs, Diggs gets all the highlights, but, but if you sit and watch some of Dallas's games, he gives up a lot of plays too. He, he does. Right. And, and Dallas is the rest of Dallas secondary. It seems very comparable to the Vikings. They have more big plays, right? but I think the, the Vikings secondary has been playing a more even game the last three or four games where they're not making those big splash plays, but they're not giving up huge plays either. So I think the Vikings secondary has played a little bit more consistently than Dallas has had. I'm going to have to disagree with you on that, Ted. I look at the secondary and I see Diggs and the other corner, Anthony Brown, have nine interceptions. Nine. Yeah. Their entire secondary has 11 picks. All the picks that they have as a team, none of the linebackers are defensive line, but they don't get a lot of picks anyway. The secondary has 11 interceptions for 253 yards. They do give up yards, but they do have those splash plays. And 11, 11 interceptions means they're giving the ball back to their offense 11 times. So I think there's more talent back there. I think the only way it'll be even close without to give the Vikings a check mark is if Patrick Peterson is playing and he's not. This is a passing attack. It's going to come at you, man, all, all day. And Diggs and the other guy with their nine interceptions between them. I gave the check mark to the Cowboys secondary. All righty. What about red zone? Dallas sucks in the red zone. They 20. do, man. How, how can they be the number one offense and suck that bad? They are terrible, Ted. 24th in the NFL and, and 23rd in red zone defense, 24th in red zone offense. Vikings are still 8th in red zone offense. Check mark to the Vikings all day in the red zone, brother. Yeah. <laughs> how do you see that? How do you see the red zone? Uh, same. I think when it comes down to the red zone, the Vikings have a clear advantage, much like Michael Myers did in that Lori's babysitting house. Gonna go. <laughs> Dr. Loomis was this established theater actor from, like, England. Yeah, Donald Pleasance. And they got a hold of him, and they said, yeah, you want to do this party? He's like, I'm not getting involved in that dumb movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the Vikings get the red zone check for me. I will say they got to get better, though. That Carolina game, they were not good in the red zone. They're losing yeah. their red zone prowess. They are. But yeah, it's, it's kind of slumped the last couple of weeks. They're, for some reason, they're going wussy in the red zone, Ted. Can't do it against a team like Dallas. No, you can't. All right, special teams, you know, in, in our midseason review, I, I wasn't very high on the Vikings special teams. They had that block punt for a touchdown against them, against Carolina. Greg Joseph has missed a couple big kicks. Barry's had a good year punting the ball, but overall, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to Dallas. I'm giving my check mark to the Vikings for the special teams. Okay. I think Joseph is just a good, if not better, kicker than Zerline. You know why he's better? Joseph is five of six from 50-plus, Ted. Five of six. Zerline is only one of three, and those 50-plus kicks are money. Yeah. 
the Vikings kick kick coverage stat wise is better than the Cowboys on punt returns and kickoff returns. I am going to give my check mark to the Vikingos. Grandeo, <laughs> All right, what about coaching, buddy? Both of the head coaches are flawed, Ted. <laughs> they're, they're both dopes. Cletus, deputy dog against Church of Jesus Mike and the Latter-day Roots. <laughs> I wouldn't have either of those guys coaching my team. I'm going to tell you where the big advantage comes in for Dallas. It's got to be Kellen Moore, the offensive coordinator, compared to Clint Kubiak, offensive coordinator. A lot more experience. He knows what he's dealing with with his team more than Kubiak. And I give the coaching check to the Dallas Cowboys for this. How do you see it? Yeah, for me, it, it's going to come down to who outdopes the other between Mike McCarthy and Mike Zimmer. <laughs> Honestly, not Randy Gregory. Honestly, they're both Gregory? stupid. I mean, they—they just—they're—they're they're both dopes when it comes to game day management. Mike McCarthy looks at a scoreboard like somebody just put an advanced trigonometry problem in front of him. And he's got like a fourth grade backwoods education. <laughs> but on the other side of the field, you got Mike Zimmer, who never met a two-minute offense he liked. <laughs> and goes out of his way to give up points at the end of the half. <laughs> I, I God, I it's a push because they're both dumb. It's a push. I'm smart, Mike. <laughs> I can handle things, see? I mean, God. It's like Fredo versus Fredo. Although I will say, uh, McCarthy generally got the better of Zimmer when he was coaching Green Bay, and he's got Dallas off to a 5-1 and one start. So, all right. <laughs> Intangibles. How do you say it? Intangibles. This game is going to be an interesting game. It's Halloween night. The crowd is going to be drinking all day. The, the bank is going to be rocking. Primetime football, Vikings are at home. Like you said, Kirk Cousins got a lot of demons he's got to slay, much like Michael Myers throughout the town of Haddonfield, Illinois. Believe it or not, I think the Vikings kind of have a little bit of an advantage here. Dak Prescott, I, I think that calf is bothering him a little bit more than, than Dallas is letting on. I think it's going to hinder him a little bit. I think the Vikings are going to start strong. And I give the advantage, the intangibles advantage, the Minnesota Vikings on this one. Okay. I, too, am going to give the intangibles to the Minnesota Vikings. I think a big intangible is going to be the fact that Dallas is 5-1. and one. Dallas has already wrapped up the NFC East. That thing's over already if you look at yeah. the standings. Hopefully they're going to get a little complacent, a little bit lazy, take this week off, and the Vikings can take advantage of their mind fart a little bit. And they can, you know, try to get the momentum there at home. I think... If they can figure out a way to slow down Dallas's 34 points a game average, make them settle for some field goals and keep it close, I think they can. I give them the intangibles in this, Ted. All right, Jumo, you're up. Been a while looking at this game, Ted, breaking it all down. First thing I notice is the teams are a lot closer than five and one and three and three. If you ask me, I yeah. think they're both a really, really solid, equal teams, especially offensively. They have the same plan of attack. To prove my point of how equal they are, both teams average 65 yards of penalties a game. Exactly 65. Both teams average 32 minutes almost to the second on time of possession with their offense per game. 32 minutes and just a handful of seconds. Both teams have nine fumbles, and both teams have only lost three of the nine fumbles. 
A lot of similarities between these squads, Ted. <clears throat> this game is going to hinge on two things. After I did all my breakdown and Ron Jaworski watched tape with, watched every snap from every <laughs> Dallas game in the history of the head-to-head -head competition. I watched every snap. I watched 5,000 snaps. I think it comes down to the Vikings have to help their secondary and get somehow the front seven has got to get Dak Prescott off his mark. They have to figure out how to do that. They got to pressure him, get him out of sorts. Kind of like when they played a couple years ago. He didn't have a very good game. Yeah. You remember that game when Kendricks tipped uh -huh. the ball away from Ezekiel Elliott? He didn't look that He only gotten like momentum or in a groove a couple drives in that game. The secondary is going to get picked apart if we don't pressure Dak Prescott. I'm telling you right now, that's where the game is going to come down to that. And Minnesota thinking outside the box. And I'll leave you with this. We'll switch it back to you. Back in 1978, the Vikings played the Cowboys on a Monday night game. Underdogs, big underdogs. Bud Grant put Sammy White in the backfield with Chuck Foreman. And sometimes Brent McClanahan, they had three guys back there. Sammy White never ran the ball out of the backfield. He was just for a just to make it a weird look. Remember how <laughs> remember how Tom Landry was X's nose yeah. all the way with the suit and was, the hat? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Bud Grant put Sammy White in the backfield with no intention of running him out of that position on running plays. He threw him the ball a few times, but it was enough to throw Landry out of out of sync. And the Vikings won that Monday night game. I think it was 21 to 13 or 21 to 10. They won the game. But they, they won it because Grant afterwards said, Well, we gotta you gotta throw a different wrinkle at him. In a long roundabout way, what I'm saying is. The Vikings need to do that this week. They need to show Dallas something Dallas hasn't seen on tape, like Bud Grant did with Sammy White in the backfield. It was beautifully played. So I think the Vikings need to think outside the box and come up with a couple different wrinkles that Dallas hasn't seen. But most of it's going to be that line of scrimmage. Vikings D-line against the Dallas offensive line. I think that's where it's going to be decided, Ted. Ladies and gentlemen, pull up a seat. It's time to get the right Reverend Jones. <laughs> Put you a little cup of purple Kool-Aid in your glass and listen to Uncle Ted because he's going to tell you what's going to happen. Minnesota Vikings are going to come out like Michael Myers against his sister Lori on Friday night. They are going to be fired up. They're going to be charged up. The crowd is going to be hyped. It's going to be national television. Kirk Cousins is going to punch Mike Zimmer in the chest and he's going to say, don't say a thing about the offense. Oh, I got it. And he's going to just start stabbing the Cowboys and stabbing them. And, ah, ah. And on defense, the Vikings aren't going to do very well. So it's going to come down to a shootout. When the Vikings have to keep up with a team, they do. I think Clint Kubiak's going to call a good game. I think Kirk Cousins is going to have himself a night. So our Purple Kool-Aid tells us. Vikings win a squeaker. Oh! <laughs> What do you got? I'm not going to go against you and that purple Kool-Aid. I'm with you on the squeaker. Vikings win a squeaker. Let's do it. I think so. Uh, it's going to be a high. It's going to be a shootout, and it's going to come down, I think, to the final play. Dallas's offense matches up very well against the Vikings' defense. Yeah. Where the Vikings are weak, the Cowboys are strong. Dallas can run the ball. The Vikings have a hard time stopping the run. Dallas has tremendous wide receivers, and, and the Vikings' secondary is hurting with Patrick Peterson out. The Vikings are going to have to get into a track meet. And I think they're going to have to steal a couple possessions. Cowboys lost to Tampa in the opening week. They beat the Chargers. And then their last four wins have been Philadelphia, Carolina, the Giants, and New England in overtime. They can't let Dallas's momentum roll them over. I don't think Mike Zimmer can afford to play 
you know, think he can get a seven or 10 point lead and then just, you know, shut down the Dallas offense. That's not going to happen. They're going to have to play aggressive football for four entire quarters. If they can do that, I believe they can win this football game. All right. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back with trivia. Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. Almond Joy's got nuts. Mounds don't. Almond Joy's got real milk chocolate. Coconut and munchy nuts, too. Mounds got deep dark chocolate and chewy coconut. Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. Peter Paul, Almond Joy's got nuts. Peter Paul, Mounds don't. Because sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. With Hertz's low prices, you can see the U.S. for a song, like California for just $78 a week. California, here I come. And Hawaii for just $69 a week. Aloha. Or Florida for just $59 a week. And for about $50, those guys can get some singing lessons. All right, welcome to Tutus Trivia. How are you guys doing? Good. Good, Tutus. How are you? Good. So today we are going to do the same as we usually do. We have a category on Halloween, Vikings versus Cowboys, and NFL Halloween costumes. All right. So NFL on Halloween, this is a category. These questions are about games that were played on Halloween. Here we go. In 2004, which team snapped New England's 21-game winning streak on Halloween? Uh, wait, wait. Was that the on to Cincinnati? Remember? Was that where Belichick said that? I Yeah. I Tennessee think so. or Baltimore? I can't remember. Go Tennessee. It was the Steelers. Oh. Ah. Good question. All righty. All right, next one. In 2011, which team lost to the Chiefs due to a fumbled snap at the Chiefs' 15-yard line? I'm going to say Denver. Okay. Yeah, I'll go with Denver. Chargers. All right. In 2004, the Colts and Chiefs played on Halloween. Their quarterbacks threw for 861 yards and eight touchdowns. Who were they? 2004, Colts and Chiefs. Man, alive. Um, Peyton Manning? That's one of them. Who was the Chiefs quarterback when Peyton Manning was... Who's the Chiefs quarterback in 2004, Ted? This is this is your area of history expertise. You remember all this kind of stuff. Golly, so Mahomes before Mahomes, Peyton Manning. God, it, it would have been. Manning, was it? I have no idea. Brent oh. Green. Oh, my God. Oh, duh. We're dumb. <laughs> All right. In a 93 Halloween game against the Eagles, this cowboy accounted for 66.6% .6 of Dallas's offensive output. Who was he? I'm going to say Emmett Smith. I'm going to say Emmett Smith. Yeah, I figured you guys would that get that one. Good job. All That's right. Good. The 10-31-94 game between the Packers and Bears was dubbed what? Idiot bowl. That's correct. <laughs> No, just kidding. <laughs> I I don't know. I don't know either. The Halloween monsoon. All right. You got one right in that category. On to the next one. These are obviously Viking cowboy questions. And here's the first one. When is the last time they played and what was the result? Last year and we yep. lost. Yep. Lost the red rifle. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> they lose to Dalton, dude. God. He My had like 300 man. yards passing too, didn't he? I mean, he lit us up. Stupid. Just stupid. 
All right. On 11-26-87, they played in a 44-38 overtime win. Which Vikings quarterback threw for two touchdowns and ran in for a third? Wade Whiskey Wilson, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Wade Whiskey. It was Tommy Kramer. Oh, God. Really? That's right, because Kramer got hurt, and then Wilson Wasn't ended that up playing. Thanksgiving? That was, yeah. All right. In the 1998 Thanksgiving game, what was significant about Randy Moss's three receptions for 51, 56, and 56 yards? All TDs. They all went for touchdowns. Yeah, they were all touchdowns. That is correct. All right. The Cowboys currently have two former Vikings on their roster. One is a practice squad player. Who are they? J. Ron Kuss. That is correct. Yes. Who's the tackle on the practice squad? Um, who is the tackle on the practice squad? Is it that guy that played for Oregon, the offensive tackle that we drafted a couple of years ago? I can't remember his name. I can't remember. It is Aviante Collins. Oh, that's right. You guys got half of it, right? All right, last one. In what state did the Vikings play their first game as an NFL franchise against the Dallas Cowboys in 1961? Preseason game in South Dakota. Boom! What? Good job. Howard Woodfield. <laughs> okay, last category. These are any NFL player could be past or present in a Halloween costume, and you just have to tell me who it is. And if we sweep it, we win, Ted. That's our rule. Okay. All right, if you sweep it, you win. Ready? Who am I? That is a Viking. Oh, are these all Viking guys? No, but this one oh. is, or was. These are actual players dressed up in Halloween costumes? That is correct. Not Photoshop? Okay. Correct. Was a Viking, former Viking. I don't know. Uh, Brian could, Robinson? Could you give us a hint, like offense or defense? I'll give you a hint. That body <laughs> is probably not Photoshop. So he works out like I do then. Okay. Oh. <laughs> offense. Yeah, with the McRib, Ted. Off offense. Um... McRib and a large super-sized fry. <laughs> Supersize me, baby. I'm getting three McRibs tomorrow and a supersized <laughs> fry. I'm going to say Bill Bixby. <laughs> Bixby. Former player, offense. Uh, looks like he's got a beard. Man, I, I don't know. I can't I can't make I him can't, out. I can't. I don't know either. I can't make him out. That was Adrian Peterson. Get out of town. Seriously? Really? <laughs> yes. Oh, the, wow. The, the beard thing threw me off. Here we go. Number two. Who am I? This is a current player, offense. Vikings? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, Will Smith. Dak Prescott. Yeah, let's go with that. Yeah, I figured these might be hard. DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, I could have guessed for 100 years and never gotten that. All right. Who am I? Chris Cluey. Yeah, Chris Cluey. That is Tom Brady. Stupid <laughs> <laughs> category. This whole category is stupid dumb. Nick. Who oh, am I? That's Jared Goff. Yeah, that's Jared Goff. Jared Goof. That's Jared Goof. All right, last one. Who am I? Oh, that looks like Reggie Bush. <laughs> that is Reggie Bush. That oh, might not be a Halloween costume either. Might be just his regular clothes. <laughs> All right, you guys, thank you for playing. Thank you, Ruby. I had a list. I wonder how many of these Ted could get. Guys who played for the Vikings and the... Vikings and the Cowboys. I had it all ready to go, but you didn't ask that question. Oh, well, it's all right. We got our butts kicked, much like teenagers going to a weekend campground. Camp Crystal Lake. Oh, wait, that's the other yeah. movie. Yeah, that's Friday the 13th movies. Anyways, now we're even getting our horror movies mixed up. <laughs> That'll about do it for this edition of Vikings Report with Drew and Ted.
Thank you, Ruby. Thank you, Liz. Thank you, Drew. Thank you, everybody who watches, who comments, who sends us suggestions for the show. We read them all. We really do. We'll get more like viewer questions and inputs once the season's done, but we kind of got our format for now, but we haven't forgotten about you. We, we're not blowing you off. We just got a lot we got to talk about during the season. Please keep watching. Please keep commenting. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please follow us on Facebook. Please follow us on Twitter. Don't even bother going to Instagram because we're not on there. Don't bother going to Snapchat because we're not <laughs> on there either. You can only do so much stupid social media because it's stupid. Anyways, we'll try and do better the next time. Drew, take us home. Oh, man, that puts a bow on episode 39. Thank you, Ted, for being the best host in the business. Tootsies with another jarring episode of that trivia. That puts a, a big wrap on this episode. Thank you all for watching everything Ted just said. We will see everybody after the Vikings. I want you to come back for the live show after the Vikings game. After the Vikings beat the Cowboys in a squeaker, like Ted Glover said, we will be going live five to ten minutes after the game this Sunday. It's not too late because you're going to be up tipping some anyway. You're going to be up. You're going to be happy. The Vikings won. Join us. Thanks again for tuning in. Say goodnight, Ted. Good night, Ted. And happy Halloween, everybody. Have a safe one. Ding 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 